Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 938 of the Juicebox podcast. On this episode of the Juicebox podcast, I'll be speaking with Heather. She's an adult living with type 1 diabetes who made a major change in her management after finding a lump in her breast. While you're listening, please remember that nothing you hear on the Juicebox podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. If you'd like to save 10% off your first month of therapy, use my link betterhelp.com forward slash juicebox. And to get five free travel packs and a year's supply of vitamin D, make your first order for AG1 from Athletic Greens at athleticgreens.com forward slash juicebox. If you're looking for the Diabetes Pro Tip series, you can find it at diabetesprotip.com, juiceboxpodcast.com, or beginning at episode 210 in your podcast player. And of course, don't miss the private Facebook group, Juicebox Podcast Type 1 Diabetes. Absolutely free, 40,000 members, something for everyone. Check it out. Juicebox Podcast Type 1 Diabetes on Facebook. But you don't have to have Type 1. We let everybody in. This episode of the Juicebox Podcast is sponsored by US Med. US Med is the place where my daughter gets her Omnipod and Dexcom supplies, but they have much more than that. Head now to usmed.com forward slash juicebox to get your free benefits check or call 888-721-1514. The podcast is also sponsored today by Cozy Earth. Now, longtime listeners will know I'm sleeping on Cozy Earth sheets. I love my Cozy Earth joggers and sweatshirts, but I just made an addition. The towels. We have the waffle towels now, and they're fantastic. CozyEarth.com. Go there, load up your cart, use the offer code JUICEBOX at checkout, and you will save 35% off your entire order. I'm going to tell you about those towels later. Magnificent. You have no, wait do you see. My name's Heather. I live in Yellowknife Northwest Territories in Canada. I am a type one diabetic and I've been diabetic for 17 years. You know, when you said Yellowknife, I thought a minute ago before we started recording, I told Heather, you don't have to tell people where you live. And now she's making something (laughs) up that just is nonsensical. Um, But is it a real place, Yellowknife? It is a real place, yeah, in the northwest, like the far, the northernmost territory. Is that the Yukon? It's beside the Yukon. It's Yukon adjacent. <laughs> you trying to name your episode? Uh, <laughs> Maybe we, I don't we, know. We already have a butthole adjacent. Do you? I know. Go? I listened to that one yesterday and I died. Did you really? <laughs> yeah, I actually did. <laughs> oh, what a coincidence! <laughs> it is a coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see if I remember that one. Uh, the guest, a lady had yeah. an abscess some, yeah. somewhere between, I don't even know what to say. Cause what, yeah, it's, cause Heather, it's okay. <laughs> Heather, what popped into my head, may I share? I'll just bleep it out. I thought to say between the and the stick. And in, yeah, 100%. <laughs> and instead, instead I went, children listen to this. I have... <laughs> They don't need to know that yet. Yeah, yeah. So so near her butthole and her yeah. lady bits, sort of in between, she had an abscess. That's sort of how she was diagnosed. Am I right about that? 
Yeah, you're hundred percent right about that. And she was a nurse. Yeah, Everyone should check out that episode. It's a great episode. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Uh, anyway, you live. Why do you live where you live? What happened? Did you right? get lost in there and just decided to stay, or I just wandered off too far, and here we are. Were you born? In- <laughs> uh, my sister actually lives here, so she got me a job at. Uh, I work at a dental clinic, so she got me a job at a dental clinic. I was here. like, oh, God, you're not a can-can dancer, are you? Because there was another well, episode. There's also a Canadian, yeah, a Canadian can-can dancer. I listened to that one a couple <laughs> weeks ago, too. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, this is all going to come full circle. So are you guys, yeah. are you American? No, I'm Canadian. Okay. So you guys, born in the Canada somewhere, your sister migrates to the North Pole for some reason, and yeah. you decide to go because there's a job in a dental office? Because there's a job at a dental office, yeah. And I don't like teeth, so why not? <laughs> at least you're not following a boy around. No, no, no. He followed me. Oh, well, that's acceptable. <laughs> that I have no trouble with. <laughs> yeah. By the way, does it sound like I have trouble with women following men places? I don't think I do. No, no. no but, you know, yeah. you are you have a daughter. I get it. I also have to fill an hour of this conversation. So yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I need to have an opinion on almost everything you say or I'm in trouble. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. As you should. Yeah. Well, okay. So you, how long ago did you move there? Um, I've been here for nine years. You really don't like teeth? Uh, yeah, no, teeth are gross. I hate the dentist. What? Like I have bad dental anxiety. <laughs> what do you do in the office? I do like administrative stuff with like insurance companies and stuff. So you're not the person I'm like out of the picture. I'm like in an office away. Don't Ah, see anybody. Okay. You're not the person who's texting me three days from my appointment, reminding me of my cleaning. No, no, no. That's been the worst thing to happen to dental care (laughs) in the last 15 years. Is there, Hey, by the way, you have a dental appointment text one to reply. (laughs) Oh my God. I'm going to hold on a second. This is, this is how much I hate this. I'm going to read you the text. I want to respond back and say, you're making me not care about my dental health, but <laughs> hey, Scott, it's Cynthia from Dr. Blank's office. I'm reaching out to remind you of your hygiene appointment with us for Monday at 2 p.m. Please call or text to confirm. Thanks. And I want to respond. Leave me alone. Yeah. Where's the opt out? I have a calendar. I know when my dental appointment is. Yeah. Please yeah. leave me alone. And, and yeah, instead, no, I, I ignore it. And then you get like a follow-up and then you're like, oh God, now I have to respond. So I just type, I'll be there without punctuation. And then she's like, great. All we'll, in caps. we'll see you then. Have a great yeah. weekend. Leave me alone. I'm so excited about this. Yeah. <laughs> Please leave me alone. Okay. Yeah. So you don't like teeth, but you work in a dentist's office, but you're in the back. You've been yeah. in the Canada for like nine years, right? D- yeah. Day. Yeah. Right. In the Northern Canada for nine years. I've been here my whole life, but yeah. Yeah. And okay. In that part of the Canada. And, and how old are you now? I'm 33. Okay. And when did you get type one? Uh, a month before my 15th birthday. No. Yeah. So like 18 years ago. Yeah. Gotcha. Does your sister have any of the autoimmune stuff? Uh, no, I am the only autoimmune thing. Uh, my dad has uh, a thyroid issue. So there's that. Um, do you know if it's autoimmune or if it's not? Um, I don't know, but his like his mom had it. Her mom, you know, like it's a long line of thyroid problems. Do they call it <laughs> hypothyroidism or Hashimoto's? Yes, he thinks. Yeah, he's on um that drug that your son takes. Really? Yeah, he's on tyrosine. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, you I asked that? him about it the other day. You can get that in Canada. I think so. Amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. 
It really yeah. is. I don't understand. You don't even have roads. Right. <laughs> How do you get stuck <laughs> All <around>? dirt. <laughs> oh, you imagine it as dirt? No, not yeah. even that. Ice. Not even, oh, yeah, just, just rocks. Crusty just snow. Like, not even a path. And a, and a hill. And then just a thing standing off in the distance. It's an animal yeah. I've never seen before that looks vaguely menacing, but leaves me alone. That's how I see yeah. Canada. Uh, Absolutely. We yeah. have lots of those. And yeah. then a Mountie and then three people in a bar stabbing each other. That's pretty much how I see this whole thing. That's that you just described Yellow Knife. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine I did, by the way, but I don't know. Okay. So uh, right before your 15th birthday. So no family history. It's not like you were looking for it. How did it happen? Um, so I used to play, um, competitive soccer and, uh, this was the first year that we decided not to practice through Christmas break. And I, um, was living my best life. So I was drinking lots, the typical things, drinking lots. Um, my vision went, my gums were bleeding. Um, I lost close to 30 pounds. Um, my mom was a nurse, so she kind of recognized it, but you know, denial. Um, so we went and got my blood sugar tested and I came out at, uh, 28, which is like in the five hundreds. Heather, we're going to have a good time today. And the reason I say that is because (laughs) you thought back on being 15 and just were like, you know, so I did what 15 year olds do. I drank to excess and my gums were bleeding. 100%. 100%. Yeah, yeah. That, that was it. I like, I remember my, my, one of my girlfriends tells me like, I remember we went to the movies and you drank like three large pops in an hour. And I was like, oh, shit. like, that's <laughs> I cool. I don't remember that, but okay. <laughs> I, Thirsty is, man. Isn't that great what she remembers? She's like, that's important when you're 15. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> why the latent alcoholism at such a young age, Heather, right? what's going on? <laughs> Were you just bored, sad? What was yeah, happening? Just, you know, just like chugging all the time. Just yeah. needed the booze. <laughs> <laughs> I want to say is this a Canadian thing, but I think I'm the um, outlier when it comes to drinking. So I'm not sure how to. Uh... Uh, no, I mean, I wasn't a drinker, really. I didn't drink until I was 19. I waited until the illegal appropriate age. So the, all this chugging was just. From... Like pop. Yeah. Oh, like, oh, my God. Heather, I, I thought you were. Oh God, no! I, no, I you no, no, please God! What did I misunderstand? I thought you were like you probably know, because I said I was living my best life, and you thought, oh yeah, here we go. I just thought these <laughs> Canadians, all they do is stab people and drink. This must be the story. So here we go. Well, yeah. yeah, here we go. <laughs> here's another. Here's another Canadian girl telling me about her boozing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but okay, uh, all right. So you were just consuming a lot of liquids. Yeah, just a lot of liquid in in non alcoholic form. Gotcha. Uh, okay. Yeah. All right. This all makes more sense to me now. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So, so do you? So you you think your mom notices, but she doesn't say anything? Do you eventually? Uh, well, go I to think her? it was just like a. I think it was a buildup. Like my vision went first, and then we went and got new glasses, and that was like a whole thing. And then, like, I happened to go to the dentist, and my they were like, "Wow, your gums are bleeding a lot, and that's abnormal." But like, carry on with your life. And then, um, and then the weight loss, I think, was what my mom really noticed. Um, and like, in such a short period of time, they figured that because I was um, so active, that was kind of keeping my blood sugar in range. Okay. Um, and then because I had like two and a half weeks of no activity. Um, you noticed it all of a sudden. 
Yeah. Oh, because of the lack of soccer. Wow, what a different story. I had you with a fifth of vodka in your hand, just bleeding yeah, right? from the corner of your mouth, drunk in a movie theater. And really, I mean, what, we could we could say that that's what I happened. don't want to say anything. That. It's not true. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> but instead, you're just an athletic girl who gets a couple months off, and all of a sudden, this is how you see the diabetes come up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then because you're in Canada, you made an appointment, and they saw you in 14 months. Is that right? Uh, they saw me, no, they saw me like within like a three, like this all happened in a course of three weeks. Okay. All right. Yeah. So 18 years ago, that's a pretty long time. Yeah. You're yeah. not, what, what was the management style back then? Um, I was MDI. So I was on, uh, Novo Rapid and Livimir. Mm-hmm. So they uh, and then I changed to Lantis at some point after that. And then I was on Traceba at the end of my MDI adventure. But you're but, in a province where they didn't try to give you a sliding scale. They gave you a Oh, they scale. gave me a sliding scale. Oh, they did. <laughs> of course. Okay. Yeah, of course. <laughs> and how long yeah. did you stick with that? And did that mess with you? Um, I think I only did that for a couple months. Uh, and then I got a carb ratio and then everything was kind of golden from there okay. i basically like i never really honeymooned i basically was like out of insulin my pancreas was like yeah i'm done with this gotcha how long did you pay play professional soccer i love that you said that i'm a professional soccer player so <laughs> let's go with that no. uh, <laughs> i was actually and... just making fun of parents who are spending too much money on their <laughs> children in sports but go ahead <laughs> oh god no no i wasn't going anywhere i didn't like to run uh <laughs> uh so and I was the goalie, so you know, good enough. That's like that's the spot where you stay if you don't want to run. So, um, I played so, until I was eighteen. Okay, did you yeah. go to uh, what would they call that uh, university? Would you call it university in Canada? Uh, I did go. I went to yeah, I went to a university, but I didn't play soccer in university. Gotcha. I okay. wasn't that good. Yeah, uh, yeah. it's not going to work out for most of you. That's all. No, I no, say. I was not getting a professional career in soccer I, i've come to understand that the money that my son got for playing sports in college was is almost tip of the iceberg for what most people get you know oh, what okay I mean? you know it's yeah just, it, it i never i guess i we were he was so focused on continuing to play you had these expectations as it was going to happen as it kept happening you were like well of course the next thing happened like we expected it to but now you look yeah. back with hindsight and you're like it's for so many people it just doesn't work out that way and it's yeah. almost random sometimes. But, um, okay. So, soccer. I mean, I don't know how you play soccer in snow, but whatever. And um, <laughs> Well, where I lived at the time, there was no snow. There's no snow there. You're so. a liar. How could that be? Uh, when you live uh, in a small area, uh, Vancouver, BC, it typically doesn't get very much snow. <laughs> West, West Coast. I see. Yeah. Yeah. That's where I grew up. The big TV filming area. Yeah, huge. Yeah. yeah. It's funny. I can pick out things in movies. I'm like, oh, that's filmed in BC. Yeah. <laughs> I recognize those trees. <laughs> crazy. When I interviewed Victor Garber, he was in Vancouver. Oh, okay. They were on like a holiday break from the TV show he was doing at the time. Yeah. Um, anyway. Okay. That's not, that's neither here nor there. So, um, <laughs> Heather, I feel like I should just jump in and ask you why yes, you want to come on the podcast because your notes, let me read them to people. Oh my God. I bet they're super invigorating. Like I bet they're just so <sighs> Why do you want to come? Here are the questions that are asked. If I ask you to come on the podcast, send you a link, your relationship to diabetes, you said type one. Have you ever been a guest or have you been a guest on another type one podcast the past six months? You said no. What are some of the themes you hope to cover on your episode? Other complications from type one, looping, how awesome Scott is. 
<laughs> right? See, there we go. I don't know if we can make an hour out of it, but like, let's talk about you for a let's while. Let's start on me. No, I'm just kidding. So <laughs> I want to talk about, um, I guess I want to start with looping because you just went over your progress and the insulins you were using. When did you yeah. start using a pump? Let me tell you about US Med. They have a dedicated 800 number just for Juicebox podcast listeners. 888-721-1514. Use that number to get your free benefits check. You can also do it online at my link, usmed.com forward slash juicebox. But that's not what you care about. Here's what you care about. US Med carries everything from insulin pumps and diabetes testing supplies to the latest in CGMs like the Libre 3 and the Dexcom G7. They also have the Libre 2, the G6. They've got, uh, what else? Omnipod Dash, Omnipod 5, Tandem T-Slim X2. What am I saying here? T-Slim X2. My goodness. They got what you're looking for, baby. U.S. Med accepts Medicare nationwide and over 800 private insurers. USmed.com forward slash juice box. Go check them out. They're the number one specialty distributor for Omnipod Dash, the number one fastest growing tandem distributor nationwide, and so much more. They've served over 1 million people living with diabetes since 1996, and they're going to give you better service and better care. On top of all that, US Med always provides 90 days worth of supplies and fast and free shipping. Head over to the link now, usmed.com forward slash juicebox. Get your supplies the same way Arden does from US Med. Now let's talk about some comfort. CozyEarth.com. I've got Cozy Earth sheets on my bed. I've got Cozy Earth joggers on my butt. I wore a Cozy Earth sweatshirt the other day. Kept me warm without making me hot. Wasn't cold, wasn't hot, was just comfortable. And it fit me nice and it felt good. Comfy, 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 cozy. Just like the sheets, just like the name, Cozy Earth. Now, what have I done recently? added cozy earth towels to the lineup here at the house i'm getting out of the shower every day and i got the waffle towels from cozy earth you'll find them at cozyearth.com go up to uh, bath click on you'll see anyway the waffle towels one side has this like waffly i don't know what you would call it and i use that for my first towel down a little bit of zim 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 like get off the big stuff you know what i mean and then flip it around to the super, super soft side. Take care of the rest. I love the Cozy Earth towels. My bits and pieces love them, and I think you might love them too. CozyEarth.com. Now, here's the best part. 35% off of your entire order at checkout. Not just the first time. You go buy some towels today. You go to the checkout, you put the word juice box in at checkout, you save 35%. You come back a week later, you want uh, some sheets, use the offer code juice box, 35, doesn't matter, no limit. You use that offer code as much as you want at cozyearth.com. Use that offer code juice box at checkout, save yourself 35%, make your bits and pieces happy. There are links in the show notes of the podcast player you're listening in now. Links at juiceboxpodcast.com to US Med, Cozy Earth, all of the sponsors. When you click on my links or use my offer codes, you are keeping the podcast free and plentiful, and I very much appreciate it. Now I'm going to get you back to Heather, and we're going to continue on our journey. 
I started using a pump in 2019, uh, I think. Okay. No, 2018. I lied. 2018. Four years ago. And four years. Yeah. Okay. That did you make the leap because you weren't happy with your care, or were you just trying to make a change, or what was? Happening? Um. So I, I actually started wearing a pump pretty quick after I was diagnosed. Um, I was very fortunate that um, one of my best friends was diabetic. Um. So he was really big on me getting a pump because he had a pump and it made so much, everything was so much easier if you just got a pump. And my mom wanted me to wear a pump. So I was like, all right, I'll do it. I wasn't thrilled, but I did it. Um, but it was a Medtronic something. I don't know. I can't even remember. I understand. It was real old. (laughs) Um, and I hated being like tubed. I hated it. Um, I wore it for a couple of years and I wore it, um, they labeled me as non-compliant because I didn't really care. <laughs> so how does that work? Like so you're wearing the pump. You don't like the pump. Do you not put it on? Do you not bolus? Like what? what, what? Um, I think I just wasn't, uh, I wasn't bolusing properly. Um, so like basically I was running on basal for most of it. Okay. Because you, hmm. Were you, when you weren't on a pump, were you injecting at your meals? Yep. What the hell changed, Heather? Uh, I don't know. I just, um, like, I was fine for the first little while. Um, Like, I probably got it when I was 17, I want to say. And then by the time I was 19, I was like, yeah, I'm done with this. But I didn't know that I could just say that I was done with it. (laughs) So instead of telling my doctor that I didn't want to do it. I just self-sabotaged. Oh, they call that quiet yeah. quitting now. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that what they call it nowadays? Yeah. Yeah. All right, all right, yeah. I, I keep up with what the kids are saying. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, you, so you, You're so, so in tune. <laughs> <laughs> so you thought you would, you would break up with your pump by ignoring it. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. It didn't take the hint. <laughs> It did not. No, it didn't. It didn't. It didn't end well for me. <laughs> the pump kept coming over on Friday nights, expecting dinner and sex. <laughs> yeah, and I didn't deliver. <laughs> so what? <laughs> I don't know. It's an odd analogy, but so what? So what happened then? Did your health start trending the wrong way? I would imagine. Yeah. So I always had trouble getting my blood sugars down to begin with. Um, I was insulin resistant for a while. Uh, like I took metformin um, and just to try to help. And that was horrible. I hated it. Um, but uh, I like I went, I had a DKA, like, I don't know. I want to say like six times. Oh my gosh. <laughs> like, so, okay. So yeah. were you tired of diabetes and you were taking it out? Like you were blaming the pump? Uh, a little bit of both. I think. Yeah. Okay. And that went on for how long? Uh, probably three, two or three years, maybe. Wow. I'm going to get back to that in just a second. But it turns out yeah. quiet quitting is an application of work to rule in which employees work with defined work hours and engage solely in activities within those hours. The philosophy of quiet quitting, despite the name, is not necessarily connected to quitting the job outright, but rather doing exactly what the job requires. Why the hell would they call it quiet quitting then? <laughs> 
<laughs> that seems like quietly doing your job. Quiet working at the best. <laughs> yeah, quiet working. Yeah, yeah. Or focused. Quietly working. completing your tasks. And and just to show you how quickly these like like monikers can fly through the internet, in the last under the news tab on the Google machine, the yeah. quiet quitting has twelve articles in the last eighteen hours. Jesus. Like what why do people our obsession with quiet quitting doesn't seem to be going away. Management's answer to quiet quitting. Minnesota among top five states for quiet quitting. It, it Quiet quitting is a fake trend. Why does it, it feel real? Says the Atlantic. Like, <laughs> it's called doing your job is what that's called. Yeah. So I just assumed quiet quitting was like you just don't do your job until someone yeah. walks up to you one day and goes, all right, man, fine, leave. And then you Get can yeah, yeah, then you can go, I don't know what happened. They just fired me. Um, yeah. But it turns out that this has we nothing to do with what you were doing with your pop. <laughs> yeah, nothing to do with it. So I definitely wasn't quite. Quitting you were not quite quitting. Not staying within. <laughs> so do people know you're in your late teens, early twenties while this is happening? Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Does anyone notice it? Your doctor, a family member, somebody. Uh, yeah, my doctor did. She she like I went to go see her. I was still seeing a pediatric endo. And, um, she like, Oh, let me see your pump. And I'm like, you know, I've written out all of my blood sugars to give her. And then she like, looks at them, and she's like, yeah, but I want to see your pump. And I'm like, okay. And I answer. And she's like, why are there no boluses? And I'm like, uh. it's more <laughs> of a basal machine. It really, yeah. <laughs> she's like, all I can see is basal. Yeah. I'm like, it never even occurred to me that that's something that she could look at. <laughs> like, I don't know. I just was like, oh, like, she's just going to want to see what my blood sugars have been. Here's a piece of paper with it all. <laughs> this is more of a niche pump. It only does this pump. Yeah. 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 And so when that happens, like, does the person, the doctor look at you horrified and go, Heather, yeah. you're killing yourself? Or what do they do? Yeah. She was like really angry. And, um, she labeled me non-compliant and then I never went back. <laughs> I'll show you not. <laughs> that was my problem to that. I was like, fine, I don't need to see her. She's gonna be so so honest about what's happening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what does this bitch know? <laughs> <laughs> so does the <laughs> I'm completely compliant. I'm just not paying yeah. attention to it. I yeah. know I'm supposed to be all I'm willingly about. not doing what I want to do. Yeah. What, what was your what was your diet like during that time? Uh, no, like I ate whatever. It didn't matter. Okay. I, you know, drank slushies. I A1C in the 11s, 12s. Oh yeah. Easily. I have, I don't know what my A1C was when I was diagnosed. Um, but it has only like just in the last like four years since I've changed back onto a pod. Um, it's, uh, only, like come down from the tens in okay. the last four years. So Heather, being serious for a minute, do you have any yeah. any hindsight idea about what was happening? Uh, probably I just was not happy that I was diabetic. <laughs> like, it, not that it was difficult, but I just I just wanted to be normal. Mm -hmm. Okay. I didn't want to okay. have to think about it, and I know my friend who was diabetic. He like he was diagnosed when he was four, so like everything was like second nature to him, but you know, he'd never known anything different, but I think because I was like, I was almost 16. So I had 16 years of just not having to worry about anything like that. And then to kind of have it piled on really sucked. 
But you said doing it wasn't difficult. So then this was just no, a- no, it was no, no, it wasn't difficult. It just was like an extra step that I just didn't want to have to do. And I didn't think that I thought that if I ignored it, nothing like what, what could go wrong. Yeah. So it's, it's a uh, psychological. Oh yeah, it, for it, sure. It, in, in nature. Okay. Yeah. Do you find help for that? Does it run its course? Do you have a scare? Uh, no, I, um, I think I just kind of, I found an endo pretty quick after not being allowed to, or not going to see the other one. And she was really great. Um, I think she kind of talked some sense into me, um, where at least, and then I, like, she just was like, get off your pump. You don't want to be on a pump, get off the pump. Like that's fine. You can go back to MDI. And I was doing that. And my blood sugars weren't good, but I had always in my mind, like, oh, well, my blood sugars are always high. That's just the type of, like, that's just how my diabetes is. Hmm. Okay. Um, and so her, her idea was you don't want to use the pump. So get off the pump. We'll go back to this, but did that change anything immediately? I can't imagine. Um, I think I was, well, then I was bolusing, obviously. Really? That I would so when <laughs> so it, there's that. So when it was pushing a button, you were like, bridge too far but when yeah. it was to draw up a needle or use a pen you're like yeah this is yeah. fine i'll do this yeah yeah heather you're gonna I make know. some guy very unhappy one day <laughs> <laughs> are you um well that was the wrong word hold on i'm going through a list of synonyms in my mind <laughs> i'm just gonna go back to my original word are you difficult in other ways heather <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't think so, but, but probably. But, but because like this is either like I don't have diabetes, right? But this is either a kind of deep rooted psychological, you know, wall you've built around yourself. Yeah. Or it's you doing the like, like you're going to hear Arden in a couple of weeks be on the podcast where she tells you that like she has no trouble taking her thyroid medication. For example, she's like, I'll take it every day. I'll take exactly what I'm supposed to. I have no trouble with it. If somebody reminds me to do it, the first thing I want to do is not take it. Mm, and, yeah. and is it just that? Is it, Um. you called it self-sabotage earlier, but do you mean that like in the strict definition of it? Were you trying to hurt yourself? I just think that like, I didn't think like, I didn't think that anything like it was like, Oh, I have diabetes, but like I could see that my friend was, fine and he was doing what he was doing and i uh i think i just didn't understand why why i was struggling so much and why my blood sugars were so high and why i couldn't do all the things like you know he could go and chug a slurpee or slushy or whatever and he would be fine but that's because he's bolusing properly <laughs> whereas like i just didn't understand it i don't think and i think i was just um, I just didn't think that like, it didn't matter. Like, Oh, I have diabetes. No big deal. What's the worst that could happen. Were you angry that- about it or depressed about it? Um, I think I was angry about it. Okay. Um, I wouldn't say that I was depressed about it. No. What's oh, interesting. Cause you're thoughtful yeah. and articulate and bright and you're all the things that I would associate with, you know, wanting to push through it and help yourself. Yeah. I think there's no rhyme or reason for why it strikes people. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's interesting. Do you see any of these um, personality traits in your mom or your dad or other people in your extended family? Nope. Nothing. Nope. No, like kind of like, I don't mean these words, by the way, when I say, 
I say stuff like difficult. I don't mean in the 1950 sense, like, oh, yeah, yeah, no. yeah, yeah. <laughs> give her a second to sit down. She's difficult. I don't mean like that. Yeah, yeah. I just mean like yeah. you're brusque against things. You're pushing back. You're, you know. Yeah. And not- like, this is like, I want to say that like diabetes is the only thing that I've ever really pushed back against. I'm usually like pretty like chill. <laughs> this is the <laughs> thing like, you pick. Yeah, this was it. I was like, all right, this is the hill I'm going to die on. Yeah, <laughs> literally, literally, <laughs> literally. Yeah. <laughs> You know, normally I just do what I have to do, but on this one thing, I was thinking yeah. maybe I'd give myself a mountain of health problems. <laughs> yeah. So did yeah. you give yourself a mountain of health problems or what happened? Um, well, I have kind of, I have a lot of autoimmune stuff going on to begin with. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, I, I had, I think it's like... And you like this might be part of it too. Like I, I got, I was diagnosed with scoliosis um, when I was thirteen, so I had to wear a brace for a year and a half. Okay. Um. So like, wasn't thrilled about that. So then it was like, then the next I got, uh, it's called Chiari one forma- malformation. Um. It's where your cerebellum space is too small, so the little tail in your brain can fuse to your spine. Um, wait, what now? Call the, wait a second. What's that called again? Uh, Chiari one malformation. Holy, wait a second. That's a lot of typing. Is is it serious? Like that's the can, that's the sad. Well, no, that's the first. That's the first. Oh, the first question. Yeah, yeah, which means that everybody who gets told this, the doctors like goes to their phone. They're like, "Uh oh, hold on a second. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, the severity of it, malformations can vary from person to person, but generally are not considered life threatening. Well, yeah. No, yeah. So like, as long as um, I think because they caught like so the the way they caught it is because my spine curved to the left instead of to the right first. And that's not typical of scoliosis. So that led them to do like an, an MRI. And then, you know, they focused in on the old, the old brain and they're like, Hey, what's going on there? Carry malfunction type one occurs when everything you get is type one occurs when the (laughs) section of the skull containing a part of the brain is too small or deformed, thus putting pressure on the cr- and crowding the brain. Does your brain feel crowded right now? Uh, with knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> the lower part of the cerebellum at the tonsils is displaced into the upper spinal canal. Do you have problems with your tonsils? I used to get tonsillitis all the time. <laughs> Interesting. All right. Um, so what did they do for this? Uh, nothing. They just watched it. Um, but I feel like it was just like, so I had those two things. And then like a year later I get diabetes and I was like, really? <laughs> All right. Really? So as a young person, the scoliosis is tough. And then, cause yeah. the brace couldn't have been fun. Everybody probably saw no. it, but all that. Yeah. And then this thing, which involves your brain. So even if you're not worried about it, you're a young kid in the doctor's office and they're like, Hey, her brain is crowded. You're like, great. And then the diabetes. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> Heather, you had had enough? Uh, yeah. 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 And I think so that's why diabetes kind of was like, yep, I'm done with this. Yeah. You kind of can't throw the other two things away. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, I guess you could have took that back brace off, but it's probably too late by then. They probably held you. They probably I held actually, you. I mean, aside from like it being a back brace and like I had to wear it in high school and like traumatizing, not really traumatizing. I didn't really care. But like 
I loved it. It was so comfortable. Really? <laughs> like when I had to stop wearing it, I still wore it because it was just like cozy. Like at, at night, I would just like sleep in it. Do you like to wear like a tight shirt, like an Under Armour or a span uh, spandex? No, kind of I don't. Now I don't. But I guess then maybe I did. You liked it. <laughs> Interesting. I'll tell you my back is sore sometimes. Maybe I'd wear a brace. Be yeah, nice. like I sometimes wish that I still had it because like sometimes my back hurts and I'm like, man. It was comforting. No kidding. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's... I, Again, with very little education and absolutely no training, let's track, let's chalk this part up to just getting a lot of stuff lumped on you at the end of your teens. And then when you went out on your own, you were like, you know, I'm going to just cut Stop something it. out of my life. <laughs> yeah, <fuck> it, I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm done with all this. Shit. And, yeah. um, and, but you never thought in that time, be honest with me, did you ever think, I know I'm hurting myself, or did you not even think of it that deeply? Um, I knew like of complications that could happen, but I just was like, yeah, that's not going to happen to me. It's fine. Gotcha. That'll yeah. happen to other people. Yeah. And I was wrong. <laughs> and you were wrong. So what's the first, so what snaps you back in? Like what makes you put the pump back on and pull things together four years ago? Um, I found a lump in my breast. Oh, I thought you were going to say Jesus. <laughs> no, like, I did not find Jesus. You're like, I found. I was like, oh, she found God. That's nice. <laughs> then, then you're like, no, something worse. Was this lump? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I found a a lump in my breast um, in like 2017, like in December, right before Christmas. Perfect time to find a lump in your breast. Yeah, it's easier to find um, Jesus at Christmas. But I see what you're saying. So what? what so were you self checking? No. So, uh, as you know, I live in Yellowknife. It gets really, really, really cold here. Um, and I was outside, like coming inside from my car into my house. And for whatever reason, my arm brushed against the side of my boob. And I was like, that, like, that's not right. Like, that's really hard. Like my nipple shouldn't be that hard. I was only outside for a second. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm wearing a jacket. Heather, for context, and normally, and I have to be honest with you, 700 and some episodes, I've never asked this question, but are you, like, chesty? No, no. So, through a jet, oh, okay, I'm actually asking for a reason, because I'm first trying to figure out how you bump against the side of your boob, if you're not, like. (laughs) Okay, well, like, I don't know, I'm not, like, a double D, but, like, you know. There's some, if I was looking at you from the back, I might see some curves on the sides. Okay. I can't believe this is what we're doing. And so, so you're wearing a jacket and you live in wherever the hell it is you live. So it's, um, you're probably wearing a thick jacket. And my point of like dragging this all out is like that it was obvious through the jacket. Yeah. Yeah. Like it was like rock solid. And I was like, is that? Wow. That's (laughs) scary, huh? Yeah. At that point where you're just like. Oh yeah, sure. Scoliosis. Uh, yeah. I just was like, oh, like it's cold outside. Yeah. It's <laughs> like, okay, that's cool. And then like, you know, a week later, I'm like, okay, that's still there. And then I'm gonna go to a doctor. And then yeah, and so then I made a doctor's appointment and um they uh did an exam and then they were worried. So that made me more worried. Uh and then I got in for a mammogram pretty quick. Um, which is a terrible experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never done it, but I've heard stories. 
Yeah, well, especially when you have a lump. Yeah, like, and they're smashing it in that glass plate, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like a glass vice. Like, cool, thanks. That feels really great. <laughs> um, and then uh, they did a biopsy, um, but it was inconclusive. And um, we, because of where I live, um, we're not really like a, we're not a big city. Um, no, really? <laughs> yeah, I know. Shocking. Um, it, um, a lot of our medical treatment gets sent down to, um, Edmonton. So okay. I had to fly down to Edmonton to get a biopsy done. And of course the guy that's doing my biopsy is like fresh out of school doing a rotation. It's his like first day there. He's going to biopsy me. And like, it was horrible. It was brutal. Like it took him like eight tries to get like a, a quality piece. And oh. it was like, oh, or, like really, really like I'm all for like edgy, like I'm all for it. Like, yeah. but like, can we put a limit on the amount of times yeah. he's trying to butcher me? He's uh, he's, he, he's botched this three times already. Why don't we get the other guy in here? Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I flew here for this, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and what I'm, I'm imagining is one of those planes with pontoons on the bottom, right. Where you can land in a lake. Uh, yeah, they do have those lines, but that wasn't, but that wasn't the plane you were on. Okay. So what was the lump? Um, so it came back as, uh, they called it diabetic mastopathy, which is something that I'd never heard of. That's new, Heather. Way to bring something new to the podcast. Good job. Right. (laughs) So there's like no real, like I, I obviously like looked it up right away. Cause I was like, that's that. Um, and there's no real, um, cause for it. I would imagine it had something to do with my high blood sugars. Yeah. You might imagine. Hey, want to hear something (laughs) funny while we're talking about lumps in your boobs, which there's nothing funny about you said, you said diabetic mastopathy or whatever you called it. You said it so quickly. I didn't catch the second word. So I Googled diabetic boob lump and it came up. Uh So anyone who ever gives Google crap, like, I mean, maybe they're stealing our information or taking over our lives, but it knew diabetic boob lump. They knew what di- that was. That's insane. <laughs> Way to go. Uh, diabetic mastopathy is an uncommon complication of diabetes characterized by tough masses that develop in the breast. Yeah. Okay. They can be mistaken for tumors. Uh, these lesions, which are painless and mainly consist of primary fibrotic and inflammatory elements, can be misdiagnosed as breast cancer. Did you have them removed? Yeah. So I had one. I had that one removed pretty quick after that, like probably within a month. And then uh, a year later, I got another one in my other breast. So I got that one removed. Wow. And then since, okay, did that. And then since then, nothing. But did that, put, what pushed you into taking care of yourself? That. Yeah, it was like <laughs> yeah. I gotta have. Was it was it the was it the lumps or the guy just manhandling you for eight tries? To Probably get, a little bit of both. Yeah, you know? you're like I don't like, want I this to happen. This, this doesn't have to happen anymore. I don't want yeah. this to happen. Oh my god, that's insane. You know, it, there'd be nothing okay about calling this episode diabetic boob lump, but. I mean, right? I mean, I would be okay with it. You know, I know you would be because I've now talked to you for 40 <laughs> minutes. And I feel like there's very little you wouldn't be okay with. But <laughs> actually, you seem like a fun date, Heather. Is what I'm yeah, I'm a good time. Yeah. I'm a good time. <laughs> I don't think there's a lot of questions that Heather immediately goes, nah, 
No. no, no not today. Yeah. Describe <laughs> how we're going to do that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. Well, that's horrifying. Uh, yeah. I only know how to joke through these things. If we talked about yeah, this seriously, I'd be crying by now. Yeah. I'd be like, absolutely. oh my God. Like, like I would, I would picture you as a young child and being overwhelmed by your health issues and not having enough support or fortitude or emotional, you know, maturity to take care of yourself. And then all this comes after that and you're, you're still kind of fighting through it. It's amazing. Um, I I'm thrilled that something happened that wasn't life altering that, that got you back to taking care of yourself. Yeah. You know, that's, that's really good news. Um, so let's talk about that a little bit. You, um, you have your second, uh, fibrotic and inflammatory element mass taken out of your boob. And you're like, okay, (laughs) this has probably got something to do with the fact that I don't bolus for my meals. And, (laughs) and, uh, and and your A1C is like really high at that point still, right? Yeah. It was probably still in the tens and still doctors don't try to help you. Well, so (laughs) So up here, there again, there's not a lot of like there's no endos up here. Um, I see um, a diabetic team, uh, and that consists of like a regular GP, um, a diabetes educator, and uh, a nutritionist. Mm-hmm. Um, and I fired the GP pretty quick. Um, she told me that if I took turmeric, everything would be fine. Turmeric. Yeah, so isn't that, that cures isn't that like a thing you cook with? Yeah, yeah. If you take a, she's like a very um, like nat. She does like all the like natural stuff. So like, she was like, "Oh, just take turmeric, and you won't have to take as much insulin." And I was like, mm, "Nope." Yeah, <laughs> I listen, I don't think that's her. right. And if anybody's <laughs> listening, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I was like, "Yeah, I don't want to see her anymore." <laughs> so um, I saw the diabetic educator. For I've have been seeing her for six years. Um, and she's amazing. And like, I mean, she's been trying to get she's I mean, she's done she's done an amazing job with my diabetes. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Listen, I don't think there's anything wrong if you want to take turmeric, but I don't think yeah. you should assume that it's I, gonna take the place of your insulin if your pancreas doesn't work right. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, it's not a one-stop fix-all. <laughs> I mean, if that was <laughs> working, you work on your food. It's fine. You got to imagine if that was true, right? That we wouldn't be right? talking about a type two epidemic, and there wouldn't be so many yeah. people with type one because we'd all just be. I, by the way, couldn't. If you put turmeric on my tongue, I wouldn't know what it was. Yeah, I was like, "Why am I like what? All right, why is that going to fix? Okay, sure, yeah. lady, you're crazy. Again, I'm not against it. If you think a supplement, oh, absolutely. Is I mean, you, if turmeric works for you, good for you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's not going to take away your need for insulin if you have type one diabetes. Yeah, that's yeah. Sure. You're still going to need to take that insulin with it, though. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, it's good to get rid of her. Um, Jesus, Heather. Somehow we're doing happy and sad at the same time. It's, I know. Isn't it so exciting? It's overheating me a little bit. <laughs> oh, oh, you know what? Shit, I'm wearing a sweatshirt. I didn't realize. <laughs> I thought it was your story. I think it might just be. The story. <laughs> hold, hold on a second. Yeah. I have to take my headphones off. Okay. <clears throat> well, maybe there's a malformation on my skull that's squeezing my brain. There that's, you go. Uh, there you I'm go. literally sitting here thinking, wow, this is very emotional. 
I'm yeah. getting warm. It's getting really hot. It's just so emotional. <laughs> and then I realized it got cold here this morning. And I put my sweatshirt on to take the dogs out, and I didn't. I didn't take it back off. Okay. <laughs> really, if at this point anybody listening is thinking, "Why am I listening to this guy about my diabetes?" You you might have a point. Um, although I love the story. Although although Heather, I got mm-hmm. a review on the podcast yesterday. It was a very good review, but. The person said that the newer episodes are more talking and less management. And I was like, okay, that might be fair. But there's all the management, like spread, like there's all the series now. Like I put them together for you in different places so we could have these conversations. And I think the person was being like saying, I really like the podcast. Just know if you're looking for management stuff, you might have to go find the series or go back earlier into the conversations uh, where he talked more about, you know, like management stuff. And I would have been fine with all that, except she used the word banter, which for some Ooh. reason made me feel like. We don't like her. Well, I did. Li- I did like the review, actually. I thought it was a good review. <laughs> I just wish she wouldn't have said banter. Who doesn't like banter? I don't know. I wanted it. it banter seems frivolous to me. And I, our conversation about, <laughs> about, I don't find, oddly enough, if you want to look into my mind, I don't find our conversation today frivolous. No. I, yeah. I think we. We we had a serious conversation so far in a frivolous manner, but I don't yeah. think the content's frivolous. But anyway, neither here nor there. I'm a bit of a word snob. I didn't enjoy banter in that exact situation. <laughs> didn't like the use. Literally, the it was a terrific. Yeah. <laughs> it was a terrific review. Five stars. She loves the podcast. The whole thing. I just wish. But banter. she doesn't like your banter. I, Scott, I you know what? So. Could have taken a couple minutes on Google, found a different word than banter. I think I would have been better with it. But that's neither yeah, that's here nor there. And I appreciate the reviews. So. <laughs> All right, so let's get to, before we figure out how you, I just decided we're going to take a bit of a left turn here. I so love it. Before we, um, before we talk about what you did to, to bring things together for yourself, talk mm-hmm. a little bit about how amazing I am. Where to begin? You know, you just, you, you have the same personality that I have, which is why I feel like this is going so great. At least I think it is. Anyway. Yeah, we probably wouldn't do well married, Heather. We'd be broke. I think I right like yeah. I, we have the same humor. You say you say funny shit, man. I laugh a lot when I'm listening to your podcast, Thank like you. a lot. That's wonderful. Am I supposed to? I don't know, but I do. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I I don't know. I appreciate very much. I also think it's like um, like you were doing like a low key brag when you talked about that you could see your boobs from the back. Like I yeah. even though we were talking about a health issue, I was like, she is still telling people I have a nice full breast. <laughs> Yeah, my rack. <laughs> my rack is formidable, and yeah. uh, just like in the middle of telling the story, which, by the way, at that moment I wasn't sure that wasn't going to end with breast cancer, and so right. I was a little freaked out. And um, and you you still were like, no, 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 yeah, you can see them from the back; they're full. Yeah, they're yeah. good. Yeah, they're yeah, decent. <laughs> they're <Yeah>. decent. <laughs> anyway, all boobs are terrific. I just want to say that right away. I've seen them yeah. from the teeniest tiniest to the ones where you're just like i don't understand how you're standing and i think right? they how does all, your back not hurt they all yeah. have a place in the world and that place is yeah. equal yeah so anyway not the point the point is <laughs> is that i'm terrific but you are but it's i'm i'm more seriously asking you like like what about the podcast works for you um i think like odd like I mean, like a lot of the things that you've talked about aren't things that I've like never heard before. Um, But the way that you deliver them, I'm like, huh, (laughs) I should try that. And like, you know, like 
a pre-bolus, Scott. I've only just started doing that in the last like year. Hmm. So we were, um, I've been told to pre-bolus my whole life, right. but like, eh, what's the difference? What's the, what's 15 minutes going to make? Well, a big difference. Big yeah. <laughs> well, a person sent me a graph the other day and they were like, uh, what do we do about this? And I'm looking at it and there's this you know, big spike in a meal and it comes out, it gets crashy low. And I said, is there a pre-bolus in this? Uh, no, he doesn't do that. I said, well, you could try pre-bolusing. And, and yeah. the person says, uh, I mean, he's 16. He's not going to do that. I was like, I don't know what you, like, what do you want me? What do you want from me? Like, like, like it's, yeah. it's like, it's like she drove into a wall and she goes, what, what should I do about this? And I say, step on the brake. And she went, I don't want to. I was like, well, yeah. <laughs> give me another round. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what else could I do not to crash into this wall? I, I'm still yeah. going to go with step on the brake. Cause it seems the most like reasonable here. I mean, I guess you could swerve or drive slower or like, I, I don't know, but just step on the brake, you know? And yeah, it's just, it's, it's super interesting how resistant people are to doing the little things that make the biggest difference for themselves. Pre-bolusing yeah. just doesn't stop you from spiking. It stops you from getting a low later. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, and it, and it, and it, it levels your whole day out. It makes everything easier. You literally put 10 minutes worth of thought into something to save yourself eight hours. Yep. And yet, and, and the person knows that because they're literally saying, help me. I don't want this to mm -hmm. happen. I was like, Oh, you have to do the right thing. Well, I can't do that. <laughs> okay oh, yeah I, I mean i don't know where to go where from that but it's interesting that you brought this up and i was you know didn't know what you were going to say but i was at dinner last night with i don't want my life to sound too amazing because <laughs> this is the first this may be the fourth dinner in eight years that anybody's ever taken <laughs> me to because of the podcast <laughs> but um i was having dinner with some people from the t1d exchange Okay. And um, we were just talking about the exchange and and uh, how I've been able to put, you know, get people to take the survey. And they were, it was a thank you dinner, if I'm being perfectly honest. That's what it was, right? And so yeah. we were just talking about bigger ideas. And I said during the course of the conversation, I was like, you know, there's a couple of things I'm proud of uh, around the podcast. I said, one of them is just the longevity of it and and that I've been able to keep it going in a way that it's not just helping people, but it's growing. I said, I think that's a big deal. I think you don't see a lot of, a lot of content because I guess technically I'm a content provider, right? Like, so it's, yeah. it's hard to keep something like this going for, for eight years, especially at the volume that I put out stuff. And, yeah. and, um, and I said, but the other thing is, I think I'm, I'm, I'm most proud of taking, I'm, I'm like, if you're being honest, I'm not saying anything that people don't know. I'm just saying something that people don't say, or when they say it, they say it in a way that when it's heard, the people who need it most are just like, oh, I'm not doing that. Or I'm not, yeah. listening. Like, it's just, you know, like I always, in my mind go to um, glycemic load and glycemic index. It's such an important concept. It's so incredibly easy to understand, but it has a big weird name and it sounds like it's going to be more trouble than it is. It's so doctors don't talk about it. And when they do, people don't listen. Yeah. And 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 that's it. And th they're simple. Con again, over and over again, I'll tell you, the podcast should be five minutes long. It should be one episode. It should be five minutes long. It should say, get your settings right. Pre-bullish your meals. Understand the impacts of your foods. Don't stare at a high blood sugar. Don't over-treat a low. Go, go live your life. Like, it really is. Yeah. It's that, you know. And 
and anyway, I, I'm proud of being able to deliver it in a way that gets to people, especially hearing your story, because your your um your head's uh it's thick like a rock, Heather. So um <laughs> I'm well aware. <laughs> it took a lot to get through there, I imagine. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's like it's so funny, like that's just like the simplest things. Like I think the first the first episode I listened to was um the one with um I think his name's Kenny Fox. Is that right? Kenny. Yeah. Fox in the loop house. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I was following, I wanted to loop. Um, I don't even know how I stumbled upon looping, but I did. And I was like creeping on their Facebook page for probably a solid year. Mm. And then somebody had posted that Kenny was on your podcast and I had seen your podcast um, probably a year before that. And I had like bookmarked it on my phone and then I just hadn't ever listened to it. It was there. And I just like never, I just forgot about it. Sure. Carried on with my life. Sorry, buddy. No, I understand. <laughs> I understand. That's how it works, by the way. And then, and then they were like, oh, Kenny's on this, doing this podcast. You should listen to it. And so it was like the second one. And I was like, well, there's got to be a first one. So then I wanted to find the first one first. So I listened to it. And I think he said something like, it was like, you guys were talking about basal rates and it was like basal insulin like the insulin you take now is for later and the insulin you took before is for now and i just was like light bulb like oh like that never even occurred to me mm-hmm. like i just assumed insulin goes into me and it's now like boom that's it so like all these times i was like my blood sugar's high and instead of bolusing i'm increasing i'm doing a temp basal like a temp basal increase by 50% and it's like why isn't my blood sugar coming down i don't understand why my blood sugar won't come down right. and like just wait and then just like hearing that sentence it was like what? i think <laughs> okay. it's so important i i just i was on stage a week ago for um touched by type 1 and they put an amazing event in in florida and it, it's one of the things i stopped and made sure people were hearing i was like you know, I'm like, insulin does not work immediately. I went through a whole discussion so they would understand that it doesn't work immediately. I talked about how you can bolus for a meal and where insulin hits along the way. And then I just said, look, you know, the truth is that insulin you use now doesn't work until later, but that's not the way to think about it. The way to think yeah. about it is that the insulin that's working for me right now was used earlier. Like what came before yeah. is what's happening now is the way, if you think of it that way, for some reason it's simpler. Yeah. It just like, honestly, like unlocked, like, I don't even know a next level in my brain. And I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I, I just, I told those people last night, I said, I, I said, if I've done anything, I turned, I think I've turned complicated diabetes ideas into t-shirt slogans for the lack of a better phrase. <laughs> and you really have. Yes. Yeah. yeah and, and it really, it makes things easier because life's hard and you're busy. And if you can just remember something simple, like trust that what I know is going to happen is going to happen, then you can just have that 12 second thought and move on instead of, you know, instead of sitting down and trying to dissect exactly what's been going on with your blood sugar for the past 18 hours and making yourself crazy, trying to do computations that the truth is like even our best algorithms at this point don't completely understand yeah. So, you know, and, and now you're trying to figure it out while you're working in a dentist's office trying to avoid people's teeth. hundred percent. Which is a lot of work. <laughs> a lot of work. What? Yeah. Do you guys ever, it's not fair to ask you what you do 
in the dentist's office. But I always imagine that sometimes something's really disgusting and you guys all to get together in a room and you're like, oh my God, look at this. They do. Yeah. I don't. I can't look at ugh, teeth are gross. Like really? I don't want to see. I don't want to see. I don't want to see it. I don't want to see it. It's what, gross. <laughs> well, how, how, how far does this tooth thing go with you? Say you and a, a person were uh, kissing and your tongue hit their tooth. Would that That's upset fine. you? That's okay. That's fine. It's just like, yeah, I just don't want to see like, cause like the dentist isn't taking picture of nice teeth, you know? True enough. He's taking pictures of like teeth that are rotting out of somebody's mouth. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not interested in seeing that. That bothers you. Okay. Yeah. But you can lick a tooth if it's clear. Sure. Yeah. Look at you, Heather. I don't like go out and like lick people's teeth for fun, but like, yeah, I could. Heather, what I like about your line is that it's very squiggly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're like dirty tooth can't see a picture. I don't want to overcommit, you know. Like would be happy to lick your tooth though if your tooth is dirty. <laughs> yeah. I do want to be healthy, but not enough to take my insulin. Yeah. <laughs> Although yeah. if something bumps through my jacket at me, that might get me to do this. That might really, yeah. <laughs> what about your mom? Who's your mom's a, a nurse? You said right. Yes. Were you just diagnosed at a time in your life where her interaction with you and diabetes was short lived? Uh, yeah, she, I mean, she was pretty involved. She, you know, she understood it. I feel like more than I did. Um, you know, I like, she would tell me when to take my insulin when I was first diagnosed and stuff like that. And I would do it. And like, I was taking insulin at school. Like that wasn't an issue. It was just like, it was like, I hit 19 and I was like, yeah, I'm done with this. I don't, I don't care anymore. It can't control me. I'm going to control it. And I was wrong by stuffing it down this little box and never looking. <laughs> yeah, at it I'm gonna. Yeah, and no diabetes complications are ever gonna happen to me. <laughs> Do you think that was just immaturity? Yeah, okay. for sure. All right. Um, okay, so you figure out all this and you get back on a pump, and yeah. you're not listening to the podcast at that point. That's four years ago. So, what did you do? Was it was it as simple as you just started bolusing for your meals again? Um, I think it's, um, I also started wearing a CGM at the same time. Okay. How quickly? So, uh, I thought that CGMs were stupid. Well, so I had that, uh, when I was on that first insulin pump, I had the like paradigm one that comes with Medtronic. I I hated that thing. It was like, it was horrific. I hated it. It hurt to go in. It was not pleasant. Um, so I thought that they were dumb. (laughs) And then um, I got a Libre first and I liked it. It was okay. Um, I like, I like seeing the information. So like that was exciting for me. And like, I was somebody that would check my blood sugar all the time. Like I wasn't just like not checking. Wait a minute. Um, you weren't bolusing, but you were checking. Oh yeah. So you'd just yeah. be like, yep. My blood sugar is 358. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Sick. Moving on. Yep. <laughs> Like, that's just like, it was like, oh, that's where I'm always at. Like, I'm never like I sat in like the three to 400 range comfortably for probably 12 years. Wow. What's the first thing you noticed when your blood sugar started coming down? I felt like shit. (laughs) You didn't like it when it was coming down. No, it was really bad. How long did that last? Um, probably a couple months. It, um, it was like a slow progression. Like they didn't want, because I had ran so high for so long, they knew that like, I would go and see them and I'd be like, I don't feel good. And she'd be like, yep, we're just going to like, you know, we'll increase your lantus a little bit. We'll increase your 
um, your carb ratio a little bit. Like that was a very slow progression, um, to get it to where I like, didn't feel like I was low at like 200. (laughs) Yeah. And so a nice slow process, especially with a a high blood sugar for that long, you really could cause like damage if you came down quickly. Yeah. So like, it was probably a couple months before it came down. And even then, like, I still was like, my target was like 180. Okay. So, um, so once you get past that part, can you reflectively look back at how you felt and how you feel now and see oh, the difference? Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. 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 I didn't feel good at 200 ever <laughs> or right. whatever, like a, at 400 or whatever. But I just like, I don't know. I just had it in my mind that because that's how it had been forever. That's just the, that's just the type of diabetes I had. I just had a hard case. People didn't, we just didn't know how to do it. Well, like they didn't know how to do it. I just wasn't listening. Yeah. That's so fascinating. I, I, I'm sorry this happened to you, but I appreciate you sharing the story Yeah, because I think it's common and it's something that we could all be looking out for with our loved ones as they're growing through this, you know, certain stages of their life, I guess. And that, you know, you can't just, I don't know. Like, yeah, I think you have to understand. uh, Tell me if I'm wrong about this, Heather. I'm stopping and starting so much, but you needed help. And if someone would have tried to help you, do you think you would have listened? Like if your mom showed up on your door and said, Heather, I just talked to your doctor. I didn't realize about your A1Cs. I want to help you. Do you think you would be receptive to that? Um, probably, but I don't think that it was, I don't think that like, really it took like, it took a lot. I don't even know what it was that like made me click that. Like, yeah, I really need, I really need to get this together. Like, um, cause I mean, I started even coming down from like the four hundreds even before I, um, found those lumps. Um, but I still wasn't like, you know, with my A1C at 10, I, I don't think that anybody even really explained to me how an A1C works. Like I realized that it was like a three month picture of like what your average is, but like a 10 in my mind is like, oh, like my, that means that my average blood sugar is 10. That's, that's good. That's, that's okay. But like, that's not the case. That's like an average blood sugar of 14 mm. or whatever it is. Um, so I think that that was a little bit confusing for me. That took a really long time for me to understand that like, oh, 10 not good. Like, what should I be aiming for then? Where do, where should I be sitting? Um, so I think like, and my mom was very involved. She, um, you know, as, as a nurse, she wanted to help me as much as she could. And I think, um, I don't think that she could have done anything that would have, pushed me to I where see. I am sort of thing. Yeah. And you understand why I'm asking, right? Like I'm trying yeah. to figure no, out, yeah, I yeah, totally I'm trying to figure out if this is a thing that happens to some people and they either trip their way to a re- resolution or they don't. And mm-hmm. they're, and they're Mike from like the diabetes complications after dark episode where he just lives his whole life that way. Like, mm-hmm. is it, is it just as, is it just as random as that? Is it something doesn't happen that shock, I, shocks you? I honestly think it was like a random, like, oh, like just one day it was like, yeah, I really need to get this together. Wow. It's really, yeah. it's, it's super interesting. I'll tell you that much. Uh, okay. So you brought it down slowly and then yeah. 
I mean, you just got it down and we're like, good, I can do this now. And you just, you've been doing yeah, it. Yeah. Um, so then I, um, because I'm 33, I, um, me and my boyfriend have obviously been talking about children. And so like, I know that an A1C of nine isn't great for having kids. So I, um, went in to see, um, a gyno and she was horrible. Um, cold hands? She, sorry, cold hands. Uh, <laughs> trying to figure out, trying to figure out what makes a guy know horrible. It's the first thing I thought of. No, she was like, I mean, she, she was just like, cause I mean, I was only like, I was there for information. Um, like, I just wanted to know, like, where do I need to be? What do my blood sugars need to be at? Like, and she was very like doom and gloom. You can't have children. You, your blood sugar is out of control. And like, at this point, I think my blood sugar was like, or my A1C was 8.2 which was like the best it had been yeah. and i was like okay lady um I just got this down from an 11 but thank you right like right, yeah. you're looking at like one one picture here right um and she um she yeah she was just like like i realized that there's obviously like a lot of things that could go horribly wrong but like there was no like zero zero sunshine like she just was basically like, you shouldn't have children and you shouldn't live where you live. If you want to have children, she's not from here. So she was like, you where, can't have children in this town. Where like, did she well, want you to live? Oh, she, she told me that I need it because I was diabetic. I should be, um, if I was going to have a kid, I should be like somewhere down South. So because of healthcare. Uh, yeah, because like, they're not equipped to deal with it, but like they are to a degree, obviously, like there is a chance that if I get pregnant, and things aren't looking good that I would have to go down to Edmonton and have my baby there. But that doesn't mean that they wouldn't be able to do it here. There's just no, like, there's no NICU here. I wonder if, um, I wonder if she partially like, also meant, please don't have a problem around here. I can't handle it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to deal with this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you seem like a problem, Heather. Why don't you fly yeah. somewhere else and make a baby? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Leave me alone. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, so on paper, even though you were doing better to a new doctor, you still look like a dumpster fire to them. Yeah, yeah she yeah. wrote in um, with my, so I, at the time I was like talking to my diabetes educator almost like weekly or she would like send me a text or whatever. And she, she was like, oh, I just got your report from the uh, gyno. And she said that I'm doing the best that I can with the tools that I have. And I was like, wow. Oh, wait, she was like, I'm like offended by that. And I was wait, like, you should be. Wait a second. The doctor is talking to another doctor. Yeah. In her report. Yeah. Who is she saying, wrote, listen, yeah. don't put this girl's health on me. I'm doing yeah. my best. Yeah. No. Yeah. She, no, she said that, um, that my diabetes educator was doing the best that she could with the tools that she had. Is that, is that regarding my health? Yeah. But is that, are the tools quote unquote, are they you or are they, what's, uh, I think like, uh, yeah, like me and like our area because like we don't have an endo here and like that sort of thing. Like basically saying that like, yeah, between where we, between where we live and this girl's effort, I, we're, we're getting, don't, don't look at this poorly. This is actually pretty good. Yeah. Oh, did you find that insulting? 
Uh, I, yeah, I thought, thought that like, cause I mean, like, the, like the A1C before that was like 9.5. Mm-hmm. So like in a three month range, I've dropped it like a whole point. Like, so like, okay, yeah. like you're looking at one day, but you're not looking at the big picture. And so like, I was offended by that. And like my diabetes educator was too. <laughs> was the doctor aware that you were at, at zero effort at one point? Yeah, I told her. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then I don't yeah. know why the I don't know why the 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 notes wouldn't reflect uh, a change of heart and a change of um, enthusiasm and that things were going in the right direction. Yeah, that would yeah. be that would seem to be how you would talk about that. Yeah, yeah. So if you yeah, me if you and my to... diabetes educator, are like we should get shirts that say "Doing the best we can with the tools that we have." <laughs> <laughs> and an arrow pointing to your head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dummy doing best can. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. That really is nuts. Um, all right. So, is there any big secret to taking good care of yourself? Um, I mean, listening to you, and <laughs> I didn't mean that uh, yeah, either, and then but... I started looping. So, like, that was like huge. That like game changed wow. everything. So you just yeah. so you were doing okay and being serious. You found the podcast. The podcast was helpful for you. Oh, 100% helpful. Okay. Yeah. Get some ideas together and some big concepts and then yeah. say, all right, I'm going to employ more technology. And now what's your A1C now? Um, I got it done in June and it was 6.5. Down from 6.6 in February, right? Yeah. Is it weird yeah. that I know what your A1C is? Uh, no, because I'm pretty sure I posted you it. You posted it online. <laughs> That's right. Um. Okay. So that's, well, first of all, congratulations. That's wonderful. Yes. Yeah. Really good for you. Uh, Someone should tell you that the tools you have seem like they're perfectly acceptable. Yeah. (laughs) And maybe even better than that. Yeah. Yeah, I think that it's amazing. And like, it's like little things, like even like, even in the last like two weeks, I don't know. I feel like you were talking to somebody and you were telling them, um, you were asking them what their Dexcom high was Mm -hmm. and they were telling you and you were like, Oh, you need to lower that. And I was like, Oh, I wonder what mine is. So then I like, look, and mine's like set at two fifty. Yeah. That's not, (laughs) and I'm like, Oh, I should lower that. So like now I have it set at uh one eighty, but like in a couple weeks, I'm going to lower that. Heather, you broke up. Hold on a second. Finally, the Canada called so, up. So, like, Heather, the, ca- the, the, the Canada called up. Can you can hear me? Ca- sorry, you, you cut out. You oh, said, yeah. yeah, it's Canada probably. Oh, sorry. Um, but okay. you uh, you just said, I'm going to lower it to, and then you just. Oh, sorry. I lowered it to 180. Right. And then after that, you're um, thinking of. Uh, and then, like, so that way, like, I am at least stopping the high before it gets. Hi. Right. Are you thinking of a lower number in the future? Oh yeah, I need. I want it lower than that too. Cool. I think Ideally, one... I'd like to get it down to like one fifty. Yeah, that's a good high. Yeah, one fifty is terrific. It, it, yeah, that's a great spot. Um, is that what you have Arden set at one twenty for your phone? Right. Yeah, it's one twenty on my phone. It's one thirty on her phone. Yeah. And um, but one fifty is very. Listen, you're a person who had like a twelve A one C five years ago. You're doing amazing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and if you need to take smaller steps to it. I actually don't think those are small steps. 180 to 150, you know, what I generally find is you kind of get what you expect and yeah. and you get what you're paying attention to. So it doesn't matter 
it, it, it it's a two-step process, right? If you're alerted at 180, then you'll keep your blood sugars under 200. If you're alerted at 150, you'll probably keep your blood sugars under 170. The amount of effort's the same, although at the lower number, you use you know, less insulin, and less yeah. insulin should cause fewer lows. And on top of that, if you're paying attention big picture, you should start seeing, hey, I'm reaching 130 and having to correct. This is only happening after meals. Maybe I'll make my insulin to carb ratio a little stronger. Or yeah. this is drifting up on me overnight. Maybe I'll make my basal stronger here. Like, yeah. And then eventually you'll make those little tweaks. And then all of a sudden you kind of don't see 130. Yeah. It's just a process. Yeah. You know? You don't Yeah, like it. even just like, so I've lowered it. It's been like a week and a half. And like, I've been like 90% in target since I did that. Yeah. <laughs> like, just like, because it's just like, oh, it's going up. Start doing something. Fully expect that. That's exactly what I expect. You you get what you expect. You know, you the tighter the tolerances are, the lower your A1C should be, the less variability you should have if your settings are pretty good and you're understanding the timing of the insulin pretty well. Um, yeah. And then after that, oh, excuse me, it just sort of becomes second nature at some point. And you almost don't, yeah. don't find yourself thinking about it anymore uh, yeah. to, to the same degree. Wow. Yeah. That's really cool. I'm glad I could help. Yeah. Seriously. You're killing it. Yeah. Well, please. We know. We shouldn't. I don't want to your horn, but like we shouldn't say it too loudly. But (laughs) podcast just hit eight million downloads the other day, killing it. Eight million. Do you know how many it had at the beginning of the year? Um, no, like two, two million. I think it had like four at the beginning of the year, and I think it might end the year with nine. That's insane. So that was crazy. I didn't expect that. Um. I had a month, my biggest month ever, like last month, over a half a million in 30 days, which was just insane. The first month of the podcast had 1,300 downloads for perspective. Um, That's so crazy. Yeah. And it's and it's still, it's still striking people the way I hoped. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like that's, it's not easy if you, not that anybody gives a, we've cursed a lot in this. I don't yeah, well. have to, so I'm going to have to edit anyway, <laughs> but not that any of you really give a fuck, but it's, um, it, it's not as easy as you might think to start a thing and then to scale it and to grow it and to not lose at its core what it is. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely. A bit of a balancing act. Yeah, and, for um, sure. And it's, uh, it's, it's just, it's pretty, it's pretty terrific. The other day, Heather. By the time this comes out, we'll know if this happened or not. But a major media company contacted me the other day. And they were like, we're launching a podcast. I was like, okay, what is this about? Um, And it's a podcast being made by a pharmaceutical company who only deals with difficult disease states. And it sounds like they're going to make a limited run series where they're going to talk about each disease state in an episode. I was like, okay. And they said, you know, we don't know how to grow the podcast. So we're going to, we were wondering if we could drop our diabetes episode, our type one diabetes episode into your feed. And I I was like, really? And they said, yeah. I said, I don't know about this. And they said, well, we would pay you. And I was like, well, then it seems completely reasonable to me. Yeah. um, (laughs) How much? Yeah. (laughs) And I, and I, and I said, well, first of all, just so you all know, the first thing I said was I need to hear the episode first. Like, I'm not mm-hmm. just not going to just say yes to you, like delivering blindly, whatever, yeah. whatever you want to my to the people who listen to the podcast. And they said, well, plus, you can put an, an opening on it. 
you can let them know upfront what it is. And that way, if they don't want to listen, they can, they can just shut it off. And I'm like, all right. And, um, I got off the phone. I don't know if it's going to happen or not, you know? And, uh, I thought, is my podcast that big that Bloomberg media is contacting me about how to get a podcast off the ground? I was That's like, insane. I was like, is that really happening? Cause I, it's just me. Like yeah. I don't have, there's no one else here. I mean, I don't want to say, uh, Isabel's very, very helpful online with the stuff on the yeah. Facebook group. And we've actually started, uh, we kind of deputized a couple of people, um, to answer questions because the Facebook group is getting it's, out of control. It's so freaking, it's not <laughs> it's out of so control. Big. It's just so big. So big. <laughs> yeah. It got, it's to the point now where if I put up a post, people ignore me. And I'm like, hey, I used yeah. to be the one that was like, if I said Listen, people. <laughs> people were like, hey, the guy's here. Yeah, you know, and and, it, and now it's like, listen, there's, you know, there's a lot of posts every day. And so they can kind of get, we don't want people's questions to get missed. So yeah. now we have people who are watching and saying, look, here's your question. I think these episodes, they're leaving you links. Like these episodes are good for your question. Um which is really cool. Uh, so I, I, so I'm not doing it completely by myself, but I'm making the podcast by myself. And it was just strange yeah. to have like, you know, a PR person from a third party company hired by Bloomberg calling me saying, we need, we need help from you to get this massive thing off the ground. And I was like, wow. Okay. That's crazy. Cool. Yeah. And then I told him how much and I don't know, I don't, <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen or not, but I have yeah. to tell you. I was telling somebody the other day, they're like, would you do that? And I said, would I do that? I said, I would punch my mom in the face <laughs> for, <laughs> for that, a certain for, amount of money. For a certain yeah. amount of money. <laughs> and I said, and I'd let her know and I'd split it with her and everything. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I'd still be like, yeah. mom, listen, bear down because rules of engagement. You got a million say, bucks coming, I, mom. I, I, I got to give you, you, I got to give you a couple knuckles to the forehead here. By the way, if it was a million dollars, I wouldn't even tell her. Yeah. And, <laughs> I, I just I just punch her and when she woke up I'd be like hey look up we got a million dollars mom uh, but um <laughs> it was not a million dollars in case you're wondering <laughs> but you it gotta was shoot high Scott you it, gotta shoot high it was enough money that I thought well this helps support the podcast yeah you know and that's the goal like the goal is just funny I I put it up online and I said would you guys mind if I did this like just trying to get some feedback from people and everybody was lovely and mostly they were like dude go for it um one person said. I wouldn't mind if you did it, if you donated the money. And I was like, dude, this what? is my job. I was like, I was yeah. like, do I come to your work and say, Hey, let me see your paycheck. Give that away. Yeah. Would you, <laughs> you don't know. I earn a living. Yeah. yeah. I, and I get the inference. Like you're making money off of diabetes, which I mean, I guess you could say that, but I feel like I'm helping people with diabetes and giving them information for free, but whatever. Yeah. And, um, but, but I saw the point and I just thought like, well, who does it, like, who does he work for? Does he work for a sneaker company? Like, should I say, hey, once you get paid, you should give all the money to those kids that sew those sneakers together? Yeah. Or like, yeah. I'm like, I'm like <laughs> what, what are we all going to just start giving our money away? Heather, what are you yeah, going to do? Go find people who need teeth and give your money away to them because you're making money yeah. off of dentistry? I'm like, <laughs> the hell kind of yeah. crooked <laughs> thinking is that? <laughs> yeah, that's uh, ass backwards. If you give say. it away. If I give it away, I'm not doing it. I got, I got, yeah. I got a limited yeah. amount of time, man. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and then I started thinking, like, is everyone not out there trying to make money every day, like to feed themselves? Am I the only one? Is it Yeah, you are. You are, Scott. The rest I of us are just uh out here for free and um 
I, I was like, oh, my, what am I, the bad person? Everybody else yeah. is just out there like, oh, I'll just give away my time for everybody for free. And blah. You have any idea how hard it is to make this podcast? You yeah. That's I was really pissed for a yeah. second. <laughs> I let it go pretty quickly because I was like, I understand the, I understand. Like, you know what I mean? The idea. But yeah. But my gut reaction was like, you man like i'm trying i'm working like, here You're like, like, like you don't have to listen to like it's he's not to listen to that episode like what does it what does it do to you man i just was like i was like <laughs> unbelievable well i don't know not unbelievable do you understand what i mean like it, it was yes it was off-putting for a second not the idea of yeah, giving money to charity but the idea yeah. that my money that i earn shouldn't be mine but the money you earn is yours and i'm like yeah uh, okay i i don't know it's listen for people who might not believe this because this sounds like I'm just dicking around with Heather for an hour and a half. <laughs> but <laughs> but my my entire day, every day, like like the way you go to work at eight in the morning and come home at five in the afternoon, my entire day, every day, and often on the weekends and in the evenings is spent yeah. in one way or another making this podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So if I can find a way to make money off of it, maybe just wow. say good for you. <laughs> Yeah, good for you. Yeah, congratulations. Yeah. And, and let's be done with it. Anyway, this ends the part of the story where Scott bitches about nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Heather, is there anything we have not talked about that you wanted to? Um, I think I just wanted to tell you a really great story I had recently with our local hospital. If it's going to be better uh, than you bumping to your own boobs and finding a medical problem. I don't know if it's going to be better. But... Go ahead, Heather. I don't know. Uh, anyway, so a couple months ago, I um, foolishly forgot to pick up insulin from the pharmacy. Mm-hmm. And of course, it was a pod changing day. And of course, it's 1030 at night. <laughs> so we don't have 24 hour pharmacies here. They all close at 10 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, yeah, what <laughs> like, do do? my pod's already been beeping at me for like, to, like I already got the two hour notification two hours ago, like, you know, so I'm like, okay, so like I got six hours before this thing starts screaming and then I don't have any insulin and I don't know what I'm going to do. So I'm like, Oh, I'll just like, I'll just call the ER and see if they'll give me insulin. Cause like, if they don't, then I need to figure out how I'm going to get a hold of my pharmacist. Right, right, right. Um, so I call and I get put through to this nurse and he was very nice. Uh, I was like, listen, I'm a type one diabetic. I wear an insulin pump. I'm out of insulin and I need to replace my pump. And he was like, oh, okay. Uh, what is, what does that entail? And I was like, it entails me getting insulin and I don't have any. So if I come down to the hospital, like I'll wait in the waiting room. I don't care. Um, I realized that there could be people dying. Like I realized I'm not priority one. Um, but like, I'll wait. And then like, would you guys give me 80 units? Cause I just need 80 units to fill the pod. Yeah. To get me to tomorrow. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He was like, Oh, I don't know. Let me, I don't really understand diabetes. Let me just go ask another coworker, Kevin. And I was like, great, Kevin, Kevin's going to know what's up. (laughs) He goes and he asks Kevin and I can hear it. Like, he's clearly holding the phone away and he's talking to Kevin from a distance and I can hear the conversation and Kevin's like, we'll just tell her not to drink a juice. And I was like, Oh, sweet Jesus. So he comes back on the phone and he's like, listen, I've talked to Kevin and we think that you're going to be okay. And I was like, okay, but like, you realize that like, (laughs) 
in six hours, I'm not going to have any insulin in my body and I am diabetic. And they were like, yeah, we just think if you just don't have a snack or anything and you just like wait until the pharmacy opens, they all open at 9am. And I was like, Again, so you just, just so we're clear, you want me to go eight hours without any insulin. Like you think that that's a good idea. And he was like, yeah, I mean, if you really feel like you need to come. And I was like, yeah, I'll be there in five. Right. <laughs> like, well, what what position did Kevin and his friend hold? And when you got there, they were orderlies? They were cleaning the floor? What was going no, on? No, they were nurses in the nursing station in the mm-hmm. back. Gotcha. The ER. did, yeah. Type one diabetes. Do you think they were clear about that? I don't know. I just don't think that they thought, uh, like I, I was like really clear about how, like I would have zero insulin and they were just like, well, just don't eat. And I was like, yeah, it doesn't matter if I eat or not. Like yeah. you're going to see I me one way or the other tonight, insulin. by the way, either you're going to give me insulin now or give it to me later when I'm in DKA. Yeah, so yeah. I like, I get to the hospital and I go to like check on it in a triage and I get this lovely lady and she's like, what can I help you with? And I'm like, I just called and heard from Kevin and I told her the situation. She was like, so wait, all you're asking me for is insulin. And I was like, yeah. And she's like, I don't really understand how insulin pumps work. Could you explain it to me? So I explained it to her and she was like, I'll be back. So she like goes to the back. She talks to whatever doctors on staff and he also doesn't want to give me insulin. He's like, no. Oh, and they also weren't sure that they would have enough insulin. And I was like, first wait, of all, we don't have 80 minutes of insulin. Hold on. They weren't sure if they had enough for just for you, or they're saying if yeah. you took 80, everyone. They would said be that in if trouble. I took 80 units of insulin, there wouldn't be, they didn't think that they even had 80 units. And I was like, believe me, you have 80 units. And they were like, no, I don't think. And I was like, you do. <laughs> you do. I know you do. <laughs> all right. This, this message is provided to you by the Travel Council of Yellowknife. Um, <laughs> Come on, come on. They want you to know that if you go there, you're going to get, at best, <laughs> dubious health care. Uh, yeah, so she, anyways, she was great. She went back there. He didn't want to give me any insulin. And she was like, listen, either we give this woman insulin now, or she's going to be back here in three hours when her pod dies and in an ambulance. And we have to give her insulin then. So why don't we just, you know, take this one off? Like, this is easy enough. She can do it herself. Let right. me grab a vial of insulin. And he, like, begrudgingly gave it to her. He wow. was like annoyed about it and like gave it to her. <laughs> the mayor of Yellowknife looks like she's like 15 years old, by the way. Oh, yeah. Rebecca Alti. You know yeah, her? She, yeah. This is how small Yellowknife is. <laughs> how big is the place you like? Um, there are less. There are fewer than 20,000 people living there. Yeah. Wow. You like go to yeah. you, you like you might like know Rebecca from like the grocery store kind of. A oh, thing. yeah. I see her all the time. No kidding. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All the time. Interesting. 57 degrees there right now, by the way. And humid. Yeah. yeah. Cold, humid, small. Mm-hmm. Nurses don't understand what insulin does. Yeah. It's a great place. Great place to live. <laughs> What's a house cost? $35? What are we doing here? What's the upside? No, houses are stupid expensive. Really? I have to overpay yeah. for this. They're, we just bought our house that we live in. And um, we paid... $400,000 and it's a two bed, two bathroom and it's a modular home. So most houses up here are like trailers, but they're not trailers. Get the fuck out like, of here. Are you think, serious? Don't think. Yeah. I'm hundred percent serious. Don't think like trailer trash, like a trailer. Park. No, I understand nice what you mean. That. I know what you mean. Yeah. 400. Yeah, like, I got to pay $400,000. No offense to live in yellow knife. I know. Are you serious? No. I How am. close am I to where Santa Claus lives at that point? Um, I mean, he's about 
four four hour flight, I would say. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right there. I'm not even kidding, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Neither am I. <laughs> yeah. I think it's like a to get to the Arctic Circle from here, it's like a seven hundred and fifty miles. Takes the pro yes, the this is driving. It would take me forty seven hours to drive from Yellowknife to the North Pole. Which oh, that, yeah, because you got to go, like, back into, like, B. you have to drive down into, like, BC and then, like, go back up through the Yukon and come. It's a weird. <laughs> There's a lot of There's words. no, like, direct road <laughs> that goes straight through. There's a lot of words you're never going to hear me say on my map, my Google Maps. <laughs> 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 the Yukon, by the way. All right. This is insane, Heather. Can I ask yeah. a question? Yes, please. Why don't you move? <laughs> uh, the money's really good up here. Really? Yeah, you're paid really. I'm paid really well. This my my uh, the owner of my dental clinic is like, he's the most amazing man, and he pays us all very well. I don't understand anything you're saying. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> it's the money, Scott. The money's the here. The money's keeping you in Yellowknife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I I I don't mean this pejoratively, but you're doing like billing and paperwork in a dentist's office. Yep. And you own a four hundred thousand dollar home. Yep. Yeah, that doesn't sound right. I don't know why, right? but it it no. <laughs> huh? Is there a movie theater? Uh, yeah, but like it's no Cineplex or whatever <laughs> you guys have down there. It's no Cineplex. <laughs> it's, it's pretty sad. Do I get to see the um the lights if I live there? Yes, yes. Well, that sounds nice. Yeah, so like we have um we get the twenty four hour daylight in the summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we don't get full darkness, luckily, in Yellowknife. Um, so we do get like a four-hour window, usually in the winter, where the sun is out. Wait, is that maddening after a while? Um, I don't find it. Don't I find it, it like you get tired in the winter. Um, uh, my boyfriend really struggles with the with the darkness and the light. He like has a hard time adjusting every time. Is he but. from there? No, he's all, he's from the, he's from BC too. Okay. British Columbia. Yeah. And he followed you there. Uh, yeah. Well, we met here in Yellowknife. He was working up here and then he went back and then I convinced him. I convinced him. How did you, no, I don't want to know. Never mind. Because <laughs> right. I, I, I have a short list of things you'd have to do to get me to move there. <laughs> and uh, none of them are something I can repeat here on the podcast. Yeah. So, um, all right. Well, uh, I think we're done, Heather. That was terrific. Thank yeah. you very much. Yeah. <laughs> I want to thank Heather for coming on the show, and I'd like to thank US Med for sponsoring this episode. USMed.com forward slash juice box or call 888-721-1514. And of course, Cozy Earth. Com. Use the offer code JUICEBOX at checkout to save 35%. There's more I wanted to say here, but in complete honesty, this file got corrupted and I just spent the last three and a half hours of my life getting it fixed, so I'm fried. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back again very soon, if this doesn't kill me, with another episode of the Juicebox Podcast. <laughs>